Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hola. <laughs> um, welcome back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so pleased you're here. And if this is your... If you've been here before, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be here. Um, hi. I took a little break. Um, it's been three months. Whole new season. Whole new, um, yeah, space. Mentally, physically, emotionally. It's like a whole different era. So I'm very pleased to be here. Um... And I'm so happy to reconnect with everybody in this beautiful space. Hello. Um, drink of the day is plain water. Just plain water. I've been having different drinks every day. Non-alcoholic drinks during the week, for sure. And today I just went for a little... Oh, actually, actually, never mind. Can I say something? I had a smoothie this morning. It was the first time that I was actually craving a smoothie after... After probably three years of making a smoothie every single day, at least once a week. I was just kind of... Sorry, at least once a day. I was just so, so done with drinking smoothies. And then... I kind of took a break from smoothies and started leaning and absolutely adoring cold-pressed juices. It's like for snacks and everything. Only issue is that it's quite expensive getting a cold-pressed juice whenever I'm craving it because I'm literally craving them like eight times a day. So not very convenient. Anyway, this morning I woke up and it was sunny and I actually felt like having a smoothie so I made a blueberry smoothie because that's everything I had in the freezer fruit wise and it was actually pretty nice so I consider that my drink of the day drink of the moment plain water and I also started adding milk to my tea and not just like an English breakfast or like an Earl Grey or black tea, but like literally any kind of tea. I just had some peppermint tea with oat milk and it's so delicious. So good. Highly recommend adding a little bit of milk to any tea that you have. I love peppermint after dinner is really nice. Peppermint for anything really is just so nice, but adding some milk kind of like accentuates everything else going on. So yum. Anyway, so my drink of the moment is water, and I hope you have, that you have a little drink with you. I hope that you've had a wonderful week, um, a wonderful day. I am so happy to be back. Thank you for reconnecting. Um, yeah, it's been a season full of change, full of moving around. Um, definitely feels like a new physical physical space for sure but also new mental space um or different just different mental space and different emotional space and it's really nice to kind of tap into that and come back so today's episode is actually really special to me 
it's one of my favorite topics ever and it's something that I've been connecting to over the past intensely I would say over the past year a year from now I would say is when I started kind of becoming intensely present in my life but it's something that I've been exploring for a while now especially because growing up as a woman it's um yeah it's it's a lot (laughs) um And today we're going to be talking about food. So a lot of us grow up with the fear of embracing food, embracing pleasure. And I find that there's a bridge between that and there's a big relationship with food, pleasure, etc. All pleasure, pleasurable experiences. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about it since I've been a chef for... A few months now as my everyday job job <laughs> job um and I've been learning so much so I fa- I felt that it was going to be a great time to share some of the insights and some of the knowledge that I've gained um but more importantly some of the it goes kind of beyond the knowledge and like the technical technical insights really because I'm not a real chef when it comes to like hotels or five-star restaurants um, I, I work towards eradicating zero, I mean, not sorry, not eradicating zero waste, eradicating food waste in my workspace. All the foods that we work with are rescued foods. So pretty much everything that we get comes from another organization, um, that directly sources them from supermarkets and, and, um, farmers, local food providers, etc. So like all the produce that we get every week, which is a, f- a lot, um, comes from these places. So it's, it's um, I've learned a lot about kind of making the most with foods that supermarkets or people in general would not be really, um, I don't know, I don't know. It's just kind of a bizarre way of phrasing it, I guess. But it's kind of, yeah, navigating um, transforming foods and feeding people, um, which has been an incredible honor in general. So I want to talk about it. Um, I'm not here to brag to brag that I'm a chef or anything. <laughs> nothing to real, nothing really to brag about. I think it's more about kind of clarifying the type of cooking that I do, which is not sticked to a fixed menu. It's not sticked. There's no transaction, so all the food that we cater for, like, the events and, like, the community gatherings and everything is pretty much for free for people. It's 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 accessible. It's um, connecting a lot with the people that we feed, so it's actually um, a direct relationship from, you know, with the providers of the food and also the people that we feed. So it's kind of like the whole chain is in contact, which is really quite unusual but also really beautiful anyway so this episode is a collaboration with salient podcasts um who recently last week published um my piece on this on the the, uh in the last um salient issue which is the prior to last this week's was the last salient issue and um yeah I was so happy to see that on print um sorry just dropped something 
it was actually quite exciting seeing seeing it on print and yeah just getting to hold it with my hands I am obsessed with language I'm obsessed with um editorial stuff I'm I'm obsessed with print I'm obsessed with images so it's kind of like the whole mix put in 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 one space so it's actually I don't know I yeah anyway anyway I'm I'm going I'm just going to crazy thinking about this but um today we're going to be talking about the art of conscious eating which is um a really pretty title that I came up for my piece that um, we published at the salient and um, I thought about exploring and talking more about it just because it's something that I'm super passionate about and I have a lot of conversations with in my daily life sorry I phrased up really poorly I experience or I have a lot of conversations with my close friends and with people around me in my daily life so it's actually something that I have had a lot of exchange um, insight and opinions external opinions and histories anyway so I do think that it's really necessary to kind of spark some conversation about this and kind of see where we're at not just with the topic about eating or cooking or food in general because I know and I understand that it's not an, an accessible topic for everybody unfortunately it's it's still something that not everybody has the access to or the time to cultivate or you know the resources to um to obtain um so I want this episode to serve as a prompt rather than just like an article listing things that you should do or things that you should think or you know follow so this is more a little bit of a prompt for you to think of a practice of a thing of something that kind of grounds you and keeps you connected and, nur- and nourished in your own being in your own personal space in your community in 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 your life in general and to me it's food and that's why I wrote this article and that's why I am recording this today and we're gonna talk a little bit about it so get comfortable grab a little tea a little juice a little wine some popcorn I think I've talked um pretty passionately passionately here about the popcorn that I've that I adore. <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation. It's like popcorn with like spices, like cinnamon and like nutmeg and like honey. It's kind of really wholesome popcorn. Anyway, you can grab whatever you're feeling like. Um so I think that it's really interesting seeing the narrative the collective narrative that we've um built around food i i used to be anemic is that how we pronounce it anemic am i using a kiwi accent or is it just the way that it sounds in my head now anemic anemic Ah! (laughs) i was fully using a kiwi accent okay anemic (laughs) anemic oh my god okay anemic anemic um I used to be anemic and um I during that time when I was really young when I was probably like 10 from 7 till 10 I would say or a little bit less probably I don't know but I remember growing up I would see food um growing up in Mexico I would see food as um part of my culture part of my heritage 
um, a really colorful, beautiful tool of culture and people. Um, But at the same time, kind of suffering um, a little bit of of a health. I don't know if I if I should I don't know what I should call anemia I mean I was yeah I was definitely anyway holding a body with anemia was really tricky growing up I would have so many comments from everybody in my family some of my teachers I remember would talk to my mom and be like hey make sure she's eating whatever kind of thing you know I always enjoyed eating I never had any issues with eating at all I would just hear so many people make comments about my body, about me being skinny. But I wasn't any skinnier than what skinny kids are. You know what I mean? Like, it was just not insanely skinny. It was just, I just remember constant comments about my body and about what I was supposed to be eating and doing. And I remember there was a point when my parents got me this, like, syrup, nutritious syrup that tasted like like a bunch of like a like a like a bunch of fruits and veg I don't know not vegetables but like it was just yeah a really fruity mix of um nutrients in a bottle so I would eat that before every meal so I started seeing eating as a duty to me eating always felt pretty intuitive but ever since I was young I started having preferences I remember that I stopped drinking dairy when I was like seven weirdly enough somehow I managed to figure out that dairy had like I used to think that it I heard somewhere that cow's milk had hormones and I was just so freaked out about ingesting hormones on the cow's milk that I would just stop drinking milk like dairy so I stopped drinking dairy when I was really young and I remember always being so keen on stopping meat like consuming me always um when I was maybe like 10 I told my mom that I wanted to go vegetarian but since I was anemic anemic sorry everybody kiwi accent anemic my parents wouldn't let me go vegetarian because they would think that I was gonna lack the nutrients and everything else um blah 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 anyways I never felt like I could grasp um kind of like a sense of pleasure in food it kind of started seeming like a duty people making comments about the things that I should eat and then kind of feeling conditioned to eat more and more and more plus on top of everything I remember growing up with like seeing and buying off the products that would have the light I'm quoting the light um tag on it so everything was like low calorie you know, like, my mom would be obsessed with, like, the snacks, like, the desserts with, like, a fuck ton of sugar, but at the same time, it was a 100-calorie, you know, um, brownie that we would have twice a day kind of thing, you know? So, I was always so aware of calories, of the products that were, like, fat-free and, like, not necessarily healthier, which is what I, what we used to think back then, but I was just aware of calories and all that narrative, So to me, eating was just kind of always tricky. Anyway, then five years ago when I graduated high school, I decided to go vegan after watching a documentary where, um, yeah, where it just talks about like the health benefits of a plant-based diet. And I just decided to give it a go since two of the two family members of mine um, have 
have had cancer before I was just really interested in, in interested in trying ways to just support my health and you know just be healthier so I thought the plant-based diet was a good way to go or at least give a try and keeping in mind that you know I didn't really want to stop myself from eating a lot of things if I was kind of suffering or missing things you know I was kind of open to go back to eating to being an omnivore kind of thing um but I I I went I went plant-based for maybe a couple months and I really fell in love with how I started feeling I personally started feeling lighter and um not as bloated and kind of more energetic and 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 it just felt right I think it felt right with my biology I understand that it doesn't suit a lot of people's bodies um but in my case it always felt like it was it's still supporting my nutrition and it just suits my biological needs at this point of course I've taken a few um yeah just like tests checking my different like nutrition levels and everything and I take supplements and I you know blah 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 all those kinds of technical um technical things but um yeah I think nutrition is just about suiting getting to know your body getting to know how um just how it operates because I one of the things okay so before we get into the whole thing and I finish this whole ramble is the fact that like it's so nutrition is still so standardized you know what I mean I absolutely support health professionals I respect health professionals and and food scientists and and all sorts of people who whose work gravitates around um the signs and you know about the knowledge of of food and our bodies and nutrition but at the same time I think that the discourse on social media for instance right now or in general I don't know that's like at least my perspective is that it's just so um standardized and it's kind of like you know label based that um a lot of people just can't keep up with it. It's just really, really hard to fulfill the collective expectations that we have on certain diets and certain lifestyles. Um, and I think that's why that's how it could get really hard for a lot of people. So whatever diet you're in or you want to, you know, stick to whatever lifestyle, make sure that it's something sustainable, make sure that it's something that accommodates your needs and also your desires and it's kind of balanced you know it's something sustainable that it's gonna go beyond the good days when you're feeling on top of the world you know what I mean anyway that's my little disclaimer (laughs) um welcome to this podcast disclaimers lasts 20 minutes last 20 minutes anyway so I believe that every plate of food is an opportunity to reconnect with ourselves with the world with those before us with tradition uh with years of science and so on and so on I think that when I started seeing the value of food and the value of um just like the power of a meal coming from the earth everything just changes you know what I mean I feel like food has become such a commodified tool that it's sometimes really hard to see beyond it or to see beyond, you know, the restaurant that we got it from or 
the DoorDash um, passionate moment that we had after ordering. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's sometimes it's really hard to see beyond it when it kind of comes from like an automatic space, you know? But I think that food is here to help us reconnect as well as nourish us and nourish communities and remind us that we're so connected and so in need of the earth of a healthy earth a planet you know what i mean i think eating and making food is goes beyond the act of just making something and ingesting i think it's about um a whole pleasurable experience a whole um even like a spiritual connection to everything else i think that that just kind of like taps into so many different dimensions that go beyond yeah just you know filling our bellies so I think that also acknowledging um yeah that cooking is not an activity that everybody has access to not everybody not everybody has the time to uh to cook not everybody has the resources um that's why I don't like glorifying like a single practice or a single thing or you know like judging directly blaming you know fast food or um food app services or whatever sometimes that's needed and and it's so valid to rely on things that are to our access at that time but today I'm going to talk about things that have really helped me helped me heal in a more conscious way and that I've that have enabled me to stay and feel grounded beyond the change that's been happening in my life Um, I've been going through a lot of physical and emotional mental change. I've moved quite a bit over the past three months. I traveled overseas for the first time in two years and a half. And so kind of like so much physical change has been so disrupting in my, let's say, healthy habits or, you know, habits that I've been cultivating for the past few years and that I was really proud of and so at this point I'm just kind of like getting back on track but one thing that really kept me grounded and kept me going and just kind of kept me feeling like I was still home like I was still you know held by myself and like by everything else was cooking or eating consciously so this is kind of what this is about (laughs) for the third time that I'm trying to explain this anyway so Healing through food is a fascinating thing because it's something that's available to us every day, most of the time. Um, And it's not something relying on kind of a commodity that we can just buy at the supermarket. You know what I mean? It kind of like goes beyond there. So I think that when we heal the relationship with our foods, we can heal relationship with ourselves and with nature. And that also kind of speaks a lot about how we occupy nature and those spaces. So first thing that I think has really helped me in general has been disrupting mindless eating. So what is mindless eating, everybody? Thank you for asking. Mindless eating is pretty much eating as an activity on the background sometimes it's fun sometimes it's cool but I remember like growing up and 
watching TV while I was eating, while at the same time I was trying to do homework, while at the same time I was petting my dog, while at the same time I was talking to my mom. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of becomes like this activity that we do just on autopilot, just an automatic, just for as a chore to tick off the box and then get going with the day. You know what I mean? So when that happens, I mean, sometimes it's necessary, right? Sometimes we're rushing, but some of the times it's just out of habit. Like that's our everyday life. And I think that when we disrupt mindless eating, we can actually use our senses and feelings and see how we feel throughout eating the meal, (laughs) throughout the the process of eating the meal. For instance, I also find that when I eat more like just you know sitting down and the the one activity that I'm doing is eating I tend to not want to like eat more and more and more and more I'm an anxious eater so when I get anxious when I'm like stressed or sad or feeling a certain way I tend to go to food like that's my escape slash lifesaver comfort zone comfort area kind of thing so sometimes when I'm like or when I used to do the mindless eating like so often I would feel the need to be constantly eating and I would never feel satisfied even if my body was full I would just like keep eating and eating and eating and then I would later on how to have a food coma kind of thing so if we focus on eating exclusively when we're eating We're going to find a pleasure in eating, or at least we're going to get to enjoy our meal, right? Second, we might potentially eat slower, right? Because we're not trying to like swallow what you just ate so that you can keep on with the conversation, which is fine. But sometimes you do need to like sit down and actually just enjoy your meal and eat and be, you know what I mean? So if we're focusing on the sensorial experiences, you know, an easy way to do this it's like focusing on the colors the smells the textures what does it feel like what does it taste like you know there's like a whole thing going on in there even closing our eyes and smelling our meal taking a few seconds to you know have a sip of water have a little drink before we have our meal is going to kind of like disconnect us from this autopilot and actually provide us with some wholesome experience or some experience that is going to just that is about nourishing us and about reconnecting us you know about making making us feel something and it's not just pleasing the physical let's say the physical body the physical being but it's also tapping into our senses right something else that I have that I literally talk talk about in here so often and I mean yeah I'm pretty sure you've heard of before But particularly with food, I think that it's so crucial to practice gratitude. And practicing gratitude is so important, not just when it comes to meals, but when it comes to everything. And practicing gratitude looks very differently to all of us. Some people like myself grew up um, saying a little prayer before the meal. I went to Catholic school when I was younger. So I remember that we would always kind of like have a little pray before um before a meal so to me at one stage in my life gratitude looked like that 
didn't come from like such a genuine space of me being like okay this is what I'm actually grateful for it was kind of like doing it because I was told to do so but at the same time it was kind of keeping me aware of the fact that I was quite grateful and lucky to have a meal gratitude is a practice that um, we can experience in many forms smells colors and textures Um, it allows us to acknowledge what we do have and has proven to release stress and anxiety so it's actually quite I mean it's just really simple It could be spoken, it could be mental, it could be written down, whatever, however you choose to say thank you, just do it. You know, here in New Zealand, in Maori culture, which is the indigenous culture, there's um, something called karakia. And karakia is a prayer, usually um, in te reo Maori, the, um, the language, the Maori language. Or, um, or in English, it could be in English, and it's just acknowledging the land and acknowledging the people, um, et cetera, et cetera, all different factors that like kind of came together to provide the meal. So it's a really powerful, powerful practice because it just doesn't, it kind of sets people in the same page if you're sharing the meal with others, and it's kind of like a moment, a moment of pause that automatically breaks the autopilot and acknowledges that the plate of food or that opportunity goes beyond just you know a commodity so I think it's really powerful and the thing with gratitude is that it also allows us to it's kind of like a muscle that develops and we can start seeing things from a different space and it gets kind of like it, it kind of like filters things in a way We kind of like start appreciating different kinds of things. We start focusing on what we do have, what does work. Um, And I feel like I've become more resourceful ever since I've been experiencing gratitude or practicing gratitude. Practicing and experiencing gratitude has been very beneficial for me in my personal and professional space, I would say. I just feel more resourceful. I feel more focused on what could be done and what actually does exist also pausing to enjoy the meal that we're about to take in is more enjoyable I think and kind of releases the anxiety that we might experience around food I do experience anxiety around food as well surprise surprise um (laughs) but I feel like whenever I say thank you I forget about my autopilot that goes back to my childhood where I would be like oh this is x amount of calories this must be blah 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 like you know whatever it just goes to a space of I'm so grateful that I have a meal right now and that I'm about to be fed and that I'm about to be nourished I'm really grateful for you know it's it just kind of regrounds you and gives it more of a deeper meaning and kind of cuts those Um, those beliefs that might hit us out of memory out of trauma out of anxiety so to me as an as an anxious person I don't know if in nature I don't know if I'm natural naturally anxious but as an anxious person it really really soothes me it's a really soothing practice the third thing that I enjoy the most about this whole food healing journey is when I discovered that um food 
also serves as a social prop. I think that when people eat from the same table, it puts everyone on the same emotional page. I think that food has a power of connecting people in a way that nothing else has. I think that it's such an intimate practice and such like a it's an intimate, sensual, spiritual <laughs> practice that when shared could could connect us in like such a deep level and could enrich relationships and culturally speaking it's something that I've always seen when I started cooking with my friends and um yeah making food is kind of like a social practice it started my social connections my social moments kind of started becoming so much richer and so much more meaningful and yeah started just kind of having this glue and this sort of invisible wire that was kind of wrapping us all together and was quite magical and yeah I think that it's um it's a very beautiful experience sharing people sharing people sharing food with people and um seeing how food sparks social dynamics and conversations and storytelling I I love when people share their recipes I love when people share um what they used to love what what they used to love eating as children um what they enjoy cooking the most and you know food what they've learned in traveling food from from past travels and everything it's just such a such a vivid way of recalling experiences and wisdom and knowledge and I think it's an amazing social prop I think it's such a great way of connecting with people it could either be at restaurants I started going to okay so last year I got obsessed with an Ethiopian restaurant and what I love the most about the Ethiopian restaurant Ethiopian food in general but this well I guess it's some ethnic ethnic foods have the the element of sharing but it's kind of like sharing plates I love meals that are kind of like big enough to share if that makes any sense like it's like the fundamental principle it's like sharing meals so it's like this massive plate with like lots of different lots of different small dishes meals (laughs) and people can just like you know work around that and like share and like talk about like the flavors and like the meal and everything and it's just so amazing and it's like literally my favorite activity when I'm feeling like going out to a restaurant um me and my friends go to places where we tend to enjoy sharing meals you know what I mean it's 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 really fun um and it's also a great way of getting to know different cultures and also you know if you love cooking you can gain some inspiration for your next meals. Also, potlucks. Potlucks are a great way of getting some people together and getting each person to bring a a plate, a dish, and share with everybody else. And everybody else gets to eat and gather and have some wholesome times. So I think that there's so many ways that we can utilize food as a social glue that um should be used more often and should definitely be um I don't know more encouraged I wish I growing up I I was more um more immersed in those kinds of dynamics I think I would have been very happy
<laughs> especially growing up with such a complex relationship with food and my body and my nutrition. So, um, yeah, it, food creates meaningful experiences with people as well, with your social circle. Next, we've got connecting to the wider contexts. Asking ourselves where our food comes from is a question that we don't really ask very often. But we should try to respond as much as possible. I think it's so important getting to know where our food comes from. Not just because we might be, we might realize that we are mostly relying on processed foods or that we don't cook as often or that, you know, we might be getting produce from like everywhere else but our local markets or whatever. But it's all, I think it's also about bringing into perspective all the forces at play that support us having a full pantry and access to fresh ingredients in the first place. I think it's about bringing to light a bigger system, like the whole system that sustains food. I think it's important to, to know where we're getting our food from. Is it supermarkets? Is it local markets? Do you know... Do you know who your grocers are? Do you know where the vegetables are coming from? A way of doing this is looking at the ingredients that we use to cook or looking at the foods that we just ordered from a restaurant or from a takeaway place. Just looking at our plate of food and imagine where everything comes from. Imagine what that place looks like and who might have harvested the vegetables, the herbs, the spices or the meat if that's your if that's in your diet if that's your choice imagine the animal in its perfect form fulfilling its role in the natural world and if you don't know where your food comes from or if it comes from very far away try to seek a closer link to those foods locally consuming local is a great way of um of getting cheaper produce and getting fresh things and in-season vegetables and groceries. And it's also a great way of uh, supporting your local farmers. And it's also carbon neutral (laughs) in a way, you know what I mean? It's like more sustainable and um, it's getting to consume what's in your area, what's available to you and what um, the space you're in is offering you. I think that's um, very important. Might not be as, um, might not be traveling as far, might be in a better state, or might have less chemicals, or might 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 be kind of um, more aligned with with its pure form, purest form. You know what I mean? So get to know your local farmers, your local and seasonal produce your community gardens, cooks, and get to know their stories. The non-physical world is just as significant into bringing food to life as the physical world, as nature. It is really important to get to know who's harvesting your food or, you know, who's um, who are the owners of the restaurants that you go to? What are their stories? What are you know their motivations. I think it's 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 really interesting getting to 
getting to know where everything comes from, whose hands are making our meals. If you are not making your own meals or if you, you know, decide to go to a restaurant. Um, I love getting to know, um, especially if I go to restaurants um, that aren't from, that are foods from other countries, Ethiopian, Syrian. I love Syrian food. But I think it's really, I mean, I love getting to talk to the, to the employees, to the, to the chef, to the owner and getting to know where they come from, um, what their, what the food in their country is like, you know, I think that's so interesting. It's such an amazing way of learning other kinds of other different, you know, different sorts of things. And especially I think there's so much value in ethnic foods in in the West existing in the West and resisting, um, the whole cultural appropriation that goes on as part of the as part of the food the food system in the west so um i really encourage you to do that i i it really changed the way that i started seeing my meals from these sorts of restaurants whenever i would visit and yeah they i i built a relationship with these people and it's really lovely to see to see them again whenever i'm back so it's quite a lovely quite a lovely activity <laughs> And finally, fifth point is ritualized cooking and eating, which is kind of like the whole recap of what I've been talking about over the past hour. And it's pretty much encouraging you to cook. If cooking is in your possibilities, do it as often as possible. I think that when we cook, we are forced to remember that we're working with the natural world. We're using plants, animals, alive things you know what I mean I think that we're we need to like we're reminded and forced to be aware of the whole system that we belong in that we're part of and kind of it's very grounding and reconnecting getting to remember and acknowledge that and also honor what's in our table if you have animals in your diet it's it's um it's a great way of honoring the animal that is upon you Cooking may also be, become a safe space to disconnect from the outer world and think about what you're doing at that particular moment. I love cooking when I'm feeling overwhelmed or even when I'm feeling tired. I have my comfort meals, kind of things that I can just put together, chop in five minutes and I'm done, ready to eat. You know, sometimes there's there's days when I'm feeling like prepping for a whole hour Um and cooking and then I'm happy with that but some of the days I'm like I can't really wait I'm so hungry I'm so upset I really need to have this ready so cooking is a great way of disconnecting from like all sorts of anxieties and all sorts of in my case like all my responsibilities and but not like but but like not as of like running away from all of that but just kind of like as a taking a break as re-nourishing as re-energizing so Whenever I I feel like I need to re-energize, to feel re-energized, or even when I'm feeling super energized and I want to utilize that energy, I tend to cook and I feel way better. I feel even better from when I started or if I'm feeling super shit, I just feel sustained and I feel held. Not just by myself, but like by the whole natural world. Um... Choose a time and space to contemplate, disconnect, and nourish yourself and others if you choose so. Um, 
and if it is only eating, utilize that moment as a time to bring your awareness into the present moment, focusing on your senses. This once again draws back to um, disrupting the mindless eating, utilizing our senses as a way of kind of pulling back our monkey mind into the reality. Remember that when we're eating, we are taking nature into our bodies. We are changed by what we eat. We fuel our physical and emotional bodies. And ultimately, eating is our most profound engagement with the natural world. I love this so much. I remember one of my teachers once was like, the muscle, no, not the muscle, the organ from our bodies that's most in contact with the natural world or with the world in general is our gut (laughs) because it receives like everything that we take in so remember that cooking is or and eating but in this case I'm talking about cooking and eating is could be a space a safe space for you to experience um pleasurable sensorial experiences you know to bring your senses into awareness to bring your um mind back to earth (laughs) if it's elsewhere or simply to go elsewhere and if you're feeling like you know you're I don't know kind of falling in this autopilot something that's very powerful is kind of disconnecting from from that from those narratives and kind of just leaning into the practice of putting a meal together for yourself or for your loved ones so from what I've learned uh, from feeding people and working a lot with the natural world and also seeing um, how community gardens work and their role in society it's so important and it's so moving it really moves me thinking of the people who who honor the land and honor the fruits of the land and its heritage and its knowledge and its wisdom I'm profoundly moved by that and I feel in profound connection with um yeah with what I ingest from the natural world if that makes any sense I I think that it's a very humbling practice that is crucial and it's it's something we all experience in very different shapes forms and colors but somehow we can make it our own thing and we can heal from there all of the narratives all the um all the yeah all the narratives that we've internalized around eating about around food about around our bodies our self value um the stories of the people of the land i think it's 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 so important to reframe all of those beliefs and refine what we want to what we want to believe about that you know what I mean I think it's so important to ask yourself how you want to interact with food with nature and with your body and it's something that we can achieve by nourishing those relationships and the way of doing so is just practicing it every day little by little um, and sharing sharing it's the collective aspect is crucial and it's something that really helps exchange ways of doing easier not easier but you know accessing um habits resources that might help us and support us uh thank you so much for listening 
it's interesting being back I'm definitely not used to I don't have the same stamina for speaking for an hour and being so fine with it kind of respect Barbara from the past thank you so much for listening thank you so much for coming back um I would love to hear your thoughts on this I would love to hear about um yeah your favorite foods if you utilize food as a social prop if you utilize any of these ways if you've experienced anything that's made you want to get into cooking if you are into cooking at all if you have any recipes that you have recreated from when you were growing up I don't know anything literally anything please let me know please message me um at Amora podcast um yeah I I would love to hear from you thank you so much for um I love receiving messages and talking to you it's so it's lovely thank you very much for listening i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and now that i'm back i'll see you next week have a wonderful morning afternoon evening peace and love take care